In last week's federal budget, green energy, low-emission energy, all of that talk was a big feature in the federal budget. It's been a big feature of everything they've done for the last little while. Um, And in the budget, there was a bit of money. And I'm not going to say it was a ton of money, but there was money for nuclear power. It's about $120 million. Now, that's a lot of money to you and I, but literally a drop in the bucket relative to, you know, everything else in the budget. We're talking about billions and billions and billions, but still, it's in there. It's in there. And that has given some encouragement to people who advocate for nuclear, including Dr. Christopher Kiefer, the president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy, who has joined us here on the show before, and uh, we're glad that he could join us again this morning. Uh, Dr. Kiefer, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Hi, Shane. It's wonderful to be back. Um, So, you know, we've talked a lot before about the work you've been doing on advancing nuclear energy in Canada. So obviously, I'm I'm assuming you were pleased to see a mention in the budget and even a little bit of funding, right? Well, you know, I I think it's a baby step, um, but it's a very, very significant step because unfortunately, uh, this government uh, took a a turn towards uh, being... I won't say hostile, but to really abandoning um, what had been pretty encouraging uh, support for nuclear under the likes of Seamus O'Regan. So indifferent would that be the way? You know, like they like they weren't advancing it. They were they were just sort of ho hum. They weren't no, paying attention. I mean- I, no, the budget is significant because a month ago, um, in the Canada Green Bond Framework, nuclear, uh, which again delivered. North America's greatest greenhouse gas reduction, which uh, got rid of our smog days in Ontario, and which makes you know 50% of the world's medical isotopes, which are vital in healthcare, was listed alongside gambling, tobacco manufacturing, uh, arms manufacturing yeah. as being excluded as a, as a sin stock. Um, so to go a month later to saying nuclear is going to get some funding, and most importantly, uh, nuclear is going to be uh, included in the mandate of the Canada Infrastructure Bank, um, this is a baby step, but really it's a sea change for this government. Uh, okay, so let's break it down a little bit here. What's the money for? What is it being earmarked for? So, so far, it's only towards uh, small modular reactors, uh, which is a bit disappointing to me, and I'll get into why later. Okay. Um, so there's, there's money towards regulation of SMRs. Uh, it's, a, it's not a new technology. This is old nuclear technology, but it's new that it's at this, this smaller scale, et cetera. So there's, you know, the nuclear industry, there's endless regulation that has to happen. So there's money towards that. There's money towards uh, spent fuel management. It's, it's more innovation money than actually getting the infrastructure built that we need if we're to meet our net zero goals, which is staggering, Right. In order to double our electric grid across this country to deliver on things like electrifying transportation, um, heating more with electricity, et cetera, we need the equivalent of 113 Site C dams built across this country or 96 large candy reactors. So as you were saying, I mean, 120 million to you and I is an astronomical amount of money, um, but these are big projects yeah. and we are freeloading off of the infrastructure that our ancestors built. And we need to get building. If if it is really true that we care about climate and, you know, in the modern uh, context of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, energy security. Um, okay, so uh, it's a baby step. What's the timing? Mean, we The timeline seems to be an issue for me, and, and, and help me understand this better. We're taking baby steps at a time when I think a lot of people think we need to be running full speed ahead. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, as I was saying, we just, we just have this staggering amount of infrastructure to build. Um, the government uh, was really excited about their battery electric vehicle facility. They're opening here in Ontario and Windsor. That's great. We're going to need the electric vehicles. That's the easy part. It's easy to build the sort of end consumer device. 
how are we going to charge this enormous vehicle fleet? You know, and we, we have seen in places, say, like California that have gone really heavy on wind and solar, they've actually had threatened blackouts because of the unreliability of those sources, such that they've told people, please don't charge your electric vehicle today. And, you know, what's going to happen when we say, okay, we're not selling any more internal combustion engines in vehicles by 2030 or 2035, and you don't have the energy infrastructure to charge them? Canadians aren't going to put up with that. So so where do we go? What's next? Well, you know, my organization was really pushing the federal government to do something similar to what Boris Johnson government just did in the UK, which is to say we need to get serious about this. Um, they've gone from this idea of maybe we'll build a reactor every decade to we're going to build a reactor every year. Now, obviously, that takes some lead time to get going on, and there's ways to streamline the process. And, you know, the urgency in the U.K. should be climate change. That's what they say, at least. But it's really been the fact that, you know, natural gas prices have gone through the roof, and Europe said we're not going to use Russian gas anymore and, and fund the slaughter of Ukraine. Um, so I think Canada needs to do something similar. And, you know, it's a provincial jurisdiction to build new, you know, generation, to build new power plants. Uh, but the federal government can absolutely facilitate that. So we think really there needs to be a vehicle within government um, to help, help facilitate that and, and really to lay out a bold vision for how we get this infrastructure built. And, you know, that might sound crazy to Canadians because we've probably been overspending in the last little while. But we have to look at what the smart investments are. Yeah. And nuclear, nuclear is really the ultimate economic stimulus because we control the whole supply chain from the uranium mines to the fuel fabrication to the power plants. So every dollar that we invest in nuclear returns a dollar forty in GDP. So, you know, we have to be wise about and, and financial stewards. We do need to spend a lot of money. But let's do it in a way that strengthens Canadian security, that builds Canadian prosperity, and is the biggest bang for our buck in decarbonization. We've proven that here in Ontario with our coal phases. You mentioned SMRs. I know there's a provincial agreement, including the province of Alberta, to get more involved with SMRs. What's the problem with SMRs? I mean, I thought that was sort of the way out of this. You know, SMRs are a vital part of the solution, right? Especially in smaller grids like say in Saskatchewan or up north with even smaller reactors because we have, you know, none of it spent a quarter billion dollars importing fossil fuels. That's not uh, not economically sustainable and it's <clears throat> it's risky, you know. If, if that ship can't dock and offload its fuel in the right time of year, it's, it's a big problem. So there's a role for them. The problem is, is that, you know, nuclear only seems to have the social and, and political license uh, to be very modest in its aspirations. Yeah. But we, like I said, we need to build a lot of infrastructure if we're going to charge those vehicles. So we absolutely need large candy reactors, and we should not be allowing any of our current nuclear infrastructure to close. We need to make the investments, and we are, um, to, to refurbish and keep the candy fleet we have online. Which is what the situation is in Pickering, right? I mean, one of our large reactors is being mothballed. Thank you for, for bringing that to the attention of your Alberta listeners. I know this is an Ontario issue. But it actually is. It affects the whole country. It's hard to imagine the amount of power you can get out of a power plant the size of a shopping mall or a Costco, right? Yeah. But that power plant provides all the power that Ontario needs for, you know, for its, what we call its baseload needs. And if we don't refurbish it, and there's still time to do that, we're going to lose all of the national progress we've made in reducing emissions since 2005. It's, it's astounding when you think about it. Nuclear is so low carbon. When you replace that with gas, 
It's the equivalent of taking 8 million transatlantic flights worth of carbon. So and we can't let that happen. If, if the talk is real, if we're going to walk the talk. Yeah. And that's what this government needs to demonstrate, because I genuinely believe that they feel in their hearts we need to do something urgently about climate change. It's time to walk the talk. Dr. Kiefer, I'm getting I'm getting texts as we talk saying, OK, what about the waste? What about the waste? What about the waste? That is a con- you know, the perception that is out there, right? Absolutely. No. And that's something we need to talk about, because really, we've made a mountain out of a molehill. And let me explain why, because that's a controversial statement. You know, we have a solution, and really the solution, which is to put it in the deep geologic repository. Now, that's complicated. It's a lot of engineering, but let me break it down to you. It's the one thing that I think is really going to convince the public on this. The rock, the geology, is the barrier. So the rock that we're looking to put this waste in, water can only move a, a meter in a million years through this rock. So we have to think, what's the mechanism for this waste to get out into the water, into the water tables, to the, to the surface? Well, it has to be dissolved in water, which it's, it's not a liquid. This is solid ceramic yeah, pellets yeah. of fuel. We just get through all the engineered barriers, dissolve it, and carry it in solution. And, you know, like, like salt water, essentially, right? These radioisotopes need to move. And it takes a million years to move a meter. In one centimeter, you're down to the natural radioactivity of the ore from which, you know, we, we pulled the, the uranium in Saskatchewan. So we honestly, we have the solutions. Human beings are brilliant. We're great engineers. We're good problem solvers. The environmental NGOs have unfortunately blown this issue way out of control. And, and the industry's done a terrible job on messaging on this. But, you know, the rock is the barrier. We're thinking geologic timeframes of, you know, hundreds of thousands yeah. of years. Well, let's talk about the geological barriers, right? And putting it in that rock is a very safe bet. And it's much better than what we're doing right now, which is throwing all of our waste and emissions into the atmosphere and cooking the planet. Good argument. I appreciate your time, Dr. Kiefer. Unfortunately, I am out of time, but I do appreciate you joining us. We'll chat again soon. Beautiful, Shay. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Christopher Kiefer, who is president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy.